by the powers vested in me by the Federal Communications Commission, I command you to get on the microphone in a serious manner and continue this broadcast. All right! Round two, two, two. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill, and I slept for three hours in the basement. This is awesome. What? I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hi, everybody. Welcome to Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill, and I didn't sleep for three hours in the basement. I was just teasing, Lisa. I actually got to go home and eat, see my family. It was great. Nice. Play with my dog. It was really nice. Second, I had a very nice day. It's the second shot of Spike. The second shot of Spike, yeah. The, uh, it's the booster. It's the Spike O'Neill booster. And I know a lot of oh, people like think that. it's not mandatory. A lot of you think it's not necessary. Many of you think it won't work at all. That's fine. <laughs> absolutely happy with that. Uh, we have a fun time planned for you tonight. Uh, if anybody did catch this afternoon, Jack Steiner did the Cairo Middays today from 12 to 3. I'm going to get to do it again on tomorrow and Friday. So we're really excited about doing that. Jack's a fun guy to work with. We don't agree on anything except that he's he's as silly as I am. So it's perfect. Uh, joining us right now, we're going to start the show off with a little bit of entertainment news and a look at the Oscars. The Academy Awards uh, is March 12th. If I got the date right? Yeah, yeah. yeah March 12th a l- little earlier than in the past, but still way too late. Um, is uh, is Chris Rock, has the swelling gone down? Is he going to be on hand for this year's uh, Oscars? I'm just uh, I think he's going to uh, probably skip this one, and I think Will has to skip it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, we had, is Will Smith not allowed back at the Oscars? Hasn't for a he decade. Been a decade. Is it 10 years? Yeah. yeah. I knew he was yeah. banned. It's, yeah. Well, we've got the Oscar nominations for you, and Frank Summerall from My Northwest is going to go through some of the some of the better uh, better category nominees, some of the uh, some snubs maybe for who may have been overlooked in the Academy yeah, Award nominations this year. Jump in and, and kind of get our thoughts and, and kind of decode it a little bit because the Oscars are telling us some stuff in subtext with these nominations. Now, this is just, when you brought this to my attention about the Golden Globes, about how they are using the awards season to kind of kind of reestablish the film industry to the buying public. And do you think the Academy Awards are doing the exact same thing? Yes and no. I think less. Uh, yes, in a, a more subtle way. Because um, I was listening to Jack Stein earlier, and he was a little upset over what got nominated for Best Picture. I actually think it's kind of a populist pool of ten choices. You got two sequels. You got Top Gun and Avatar in there. Both those m- movies made tons of money. Um, you have a f- I want to say two foreign language movies. I know one technically isn't. Triangle of Sadness is not, but All Quiet on the Western Front is. That's another remake, right? right? Old school movie from 1930. And then you have more of the art house stuff, the Banshees. I know that's your favorite movie. My all time favorite. <laughs> really? I've, I've come, no, I've come around. Oh. Um, um, it, it weirded me out. I didn't get it. It's bizarre. Yeah. It is bizarre. But, um, but Frank did a really nice job explaining what the intent was. And Jack today kind of laid it out for me, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. Uh, we won't talk about it. I won't get into it. But I don't want to spoil it and uh, tell you what body parts were thrown about in the movie. But that's – spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler. I had to turn it off and walk away for a couple of days I, I, after yeah, that I happened. just felt weird. I've never I just felt thought more... it was a Grimm's fairy tale. I was okay with it. And that. I appreciated that and that helped me f- that's watch the rest of it. That's how I was raised as a kid. I would know those stories about the, the, the feet getting cut and I was like, oh, here we go. I just thought it was grim, period. <laughs> yeah. But I've never felt was. more Irish than after watching that movie. You know. And speaking of the Irish – Big day for the Irish with these Oscar noms. We got Irish actors. We got Irish short films. We got Banshees on here. Big day for the Irish. So um, when we talk about best picture, what do you think the Academy is going to want to accomplish? Is it going to be rewarding pure art? Is it going to be um, rewarding the public's choice for what is the best movie, the biggest box office movie? 
I think it's going to be rewarding a movie that is more informed on the high art bar. Okay. But they tend to go with something a little bit more optimistic, something with a little sentimentality, particularly during this three-year pandemic run. I mean, I think that's why Power of the Dog, a very honest, grim, cowboy feature got dwarfed by Coda, you know, right, coming right. of age, inspiring story. Coda's great. It's just weird now, almost a year later, you're like, holy, holy like, Coda won Best Picture? That's so weird. So I, so then I, I got I to take a guess here. Lisa Brooks is joining us, by the way, because I, I love your take on film. You're a fan and you, you're knowledgeable. Them, yeah. yeah. Now, when you say uh, the Academy is going to reward optimism, mm-hmm. I'm thinking we can rule out Banshees of Anna Sharon. We can rule out All Quiet on the Western Front, not a mm-hmm. feel-good movie. Um, we could probably rule out Avatar. Yeah, uh, it just doesn't know. seem like the Academy's biting on yeah. it. Um, Top Gun Maverick I, I, is is kind of. I don't think that's going to win a Best Picture. I, I, I th- I'm I'm glad they got it got nominated. I hear it's a stunning piece of work. It's a, it's an absolute enjoyable film. Oh yeah, it's a popcorn film. It, it is exactly. Yeah. yeah, it is. But here's the key. So, so, so we're talking about the decoding. This is an interesting nomination that Top Gun got. Top Gun got an adapted screenplay nomination. It is hard. I mean, most of the time, a screenplay nomination leads to a Best Picture win. I mean, a screenplay okay. win leads to a Best Picture yeah. win. That is a bizarre screenplay choice. That is not one of the best things I thought about for that movie is the script. And what was it adapted from? The, re- the original? The Top Gun. The original? So that's what you adapted wow. from? That was interesting. Well, let's from- see. Tom's a lot older now. How do we, how do we work that into the film? Well, I think- we have to make Tom seem attractive to younger women. Yeah, we need to get buckets and buckets of hair gel to look gel black. <laughs> um, but... I think if he got nominated for actor, which I'm happy he isn't. Tom Cruise, I'm sorry. You just weren't one of the five best. If he got nominated for actor, I think everyone would be sounding off the sirens that Top Gun was going to be rolling through the Oscars. Ew. But it's not. The screenplay thing leaves a door slightly open where Avatar's door is completely closed. They didn't even give Jim Cameron a director nom. Really? No. He was the favorite to win the director nom when he made the first Avatar. Right, and of course, right, his right. Uh, ex-wife beat him. Right. So is Best Picture the only nomination that Avatar got? No, it's got a lot of what we call uh, below-the-line nominations. Makeup, like special effects. Yes. Okay, These are yeah. called, we call below-the-line okay. uh, noms. Okay. Where it's like technical. Who calls them that? Uh, we, we call that. Film <laughs> insiders like Frank Summerall. <laughs> I guess. Okay. People in the know like All Frank right. Summerall. Really pretentious people. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> okay. So what's, what's your pick? For best. Should we should we close with best picture? I'm kind of you know I'm putting the, the yeah, finale let's close here. Let's, let's close it. Okay, let's, let's keep enough. the audience engaged. A little so bit. let me let me say this. It's always been my uh, uh, interpretation that every movie gets something so that every can everybody can say Academy Award winning film on their on their advertising. Mm-hmm. Right? They they really spread the wealth around. Really? Yeah. Somebody that, somebody gets best costuming. Somebody gets best screenplay. Somebody gets. You're 100 percent correct. This, really? This, 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 so. It's a marketing. Two, but two, it's a bunch of people voting for things and they're not getting together saying we're going to vote for this to do this to the, you know, true, or anything like that. But the trends but. are when you looked at in the early 90s and early, I mean, the late 90s, early 2000s, Titanic swept. Lord of the Rings swept. Right. You don't have those movies anymore. Parasite right. a couple of years ago had the most Oscar wins with four. This is how it is now. You're yeah, right. They, they like a to say Academy four. Award winning film. And whether it's for best dog in supporting role with a paper towel, you know, or something, 
th- there's an Oscar attached to the movie. It's a marketing dynamo. Mm. You know. Yeah, I understand why you're saying that. Yeah. I just disagree that everybody kind of gets together and decides that. Because if that were to be the case, then Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris will definitely get the Oscar for Best Costume because that's the only Oscar they're nominated for. Fabulous, totally deserves Best Costumes, but um, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, I, I it's weird, but I love the Best Costume it's, a, 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 the category always. Yeah. I always love that category because some of the folks who spend their lives doing costuming and film, mm-hmm. I mean, these are true artists. Yeah. And they are like they are deep into into their craft, and, and they do amazing things. And sometimes they give a really good speech. <laughs> Talking to you, Jack <laughs> Stein. Come on, yeah. Speeches are fine. Uh, uh, Quan for everything, everywhere, all at once, mm-hmm. just gave a fabulous Golden Globe speech, and yes. he's the favorite yeah. to win the Oscar. And it's just it, he, it was an awesome speech. It was an all time moment. And he was talking about how the speeches aren't relevant anymore. I, I really disagree. I think there's a lot of good ones. I always think of the J.K. Simmons one where he's telling everybody, "Call, Call your mom, your parents, uh, right? Yeah. right. I'll always Beautiful. remember that." Yeah, there are some treasured moments at the Academy during during the the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Where people honestly come up and it's been a lifetime for them and they are floored that they won. Those are great moments. I think I've pitched this before and one of the ideas I think it would make the Oscars so much more engaging to watch as a three-hour program that really bleeds into a fourth hour is you start knocking off the movies throughout the show by the total number of votes. So you have 10 Oscar nominees for Best Picture. About half hour in, eliminate one. What? You go the 10th finish, the one that got the oh. least votes, you go, was um, Triangle of Sadness. Boom. And then you're like, oh, oh nine oh, left. Oh, oh, that's interesting. And then you're down to like the top three the final the final time or the final two. What an interesting I idea. Think that would, I think people would be like, this oh, my God. reality TV spin. It's, it's they survive, need something. They Survivor need something. Grumman's Chinese yes, Theater. Yes, that's it. Yeah. I, think, I think that would make this so much more fun because if you're like rooting for Banshees and then Howard, Howard and I've been there like, Banshees is eliminated. Oh. You're like, they extinguish their torch. They, they, they rip the head off the, the Oscar. TV, though. That might happen. Maybe. Maybe. But, but people are still... doing that anyway wow. because that, it's three yeah. and a half hours long. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's let's pick a category and tell me what you think we're going to win. Start start anywhere you want. Uh, let, let's let's look at the actors. Um, that's always a fun one to start with. Uh, if, we do, if we start with Best Supporting Actor, because that's usually an early award they give out in the first, like, 20 minutes right. to keep you engaged. Well, they, they, they alternate, what, between Best Supporting Actress and Best Supporting Actor, yeah. and I forget who yeah. was first last year, um, so it'll be the I, opposite. I, I got to go with um, Ke-Hu Kwan. I have to. Uh, he was For great. Everything Everywhere? Yeah, yeah he, he, um, he was my favorite performance in that film. I think his story and the narrative behind it, obviously, is driving force, and he, he's the one that makes that film from silly to legitimate, where really? he brings a lot of heart into it, because you need to buy his struggle with his wife Michelle Yeoh, where you're always following Michelle Yeoh for the for the first half of the film, and then it really starts to pivot. So I I'm, I'm really convinced it's him. I think Brian Tyree Henry getting nominated is awesome. I think Judd Hirsch is a little bit silly. He's only in one scene, great scene, and um, well, I, how about like Brendan Gleeson? I'm kind of surprised uh, that, that he's a supporting actor nominee. Clearly, it's Colin Farrell's film. Yeah, and some of that stuff is uh, category fraud. Okay. Um, the what, best, is, what do you mean by category fraud? The best example I can give is No Country for All Men. They gave the Oscar to Javier Bardem mm-hmm. in Best Supporting Actor. 
Wow. That guy is not supporting no, actor. He's, no, no he's control the driver, But do you man. know why they did that? Why? Because Daniel Day-Lewis was nominated for There Will Be Blood. Oh. And they're like, we got to give both these guys their trophies. Oh, that's so nice. That, it's called category fraud. I it like happens. It. Yeah. No, um, I hear you, man. That makes perfect sense. A big one here is they gave, um, actually, it's not really a big one. Michelle Williams is nominated for Best Actress. You could argue she's really a supporting character, but that one's weird because she's going into a tougher category. So I'm not and sure. Best Actress? Okay. Yeah. Uh, if we look at Supporting Actress, this is where I'm going to disagree with the Academy because Angela Bassett is running away with this. Um, and that'll be like the first Marvel film to win an acting Oscar, which is really making me grit my teeth. I love Angela Bassett. She's great. Yeah, she is. Um, but I, I carry Condon and Banshees. I can't get past it. She was great. I can't get yeah, past it. Yeah, that was his sister. Right? Yeah, yeah. I can't get past it. That was it. the only female role in the whole dang movie, by the way, except for the little old lady who was, yeah. you know. And, and the woman who owned the uh, little general store mail place who wanted the gossip. Yeah, the gossiper. And then, yeah. of course, oh, yeah, the Banshee yeah, yeah. herself. Yeah. And, but this is a really strong sign for the film Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Mm-hmm. It got four acting noms, wow. including one from Jamie Lee Curtis. I love Jamie Lee Curtis. She won the five best supporting actresses. That's the first nomination of her career. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, and she's done wonderful work. Yeah. But not really Academy Award level right. work. I mean, I, Fish Called Wanda. Yeah. yeah. Pheno- phenomenal. Yeah. She should have been asked, nominated for that. Okay, so we got Best Actress, we got Best uh, best Supporting Actress, Best Supporting Actor. How about Best Actress? Kate Blanchett. Sorry, Michelle so? Yeoh. I'm sorry, Michelle Yeoh. Wow. It's, it's Kate Blanchett. I, I haven't seen everything everywhere yet, so okay. I, I have to watch it. What Kate, what Kate Blanchett does in TARS. It's phenomenal. I just, I, it is. I, a, I'm, 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 it's bad radio. I'm lost for words with that movie. Of it's, all of her films, and she is... Killing it in every single film she's ever done. And it's the movie I want her to win the most. Because, like, she won for The Aviator. Yeah. Kind of roll my eyes at The Aviator. She yeah. won it for Blue Jasmine. That was cool. But, you know, there's some negativity with Blue Jasmine because it was directed by Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. This is, like, her be- This is her best work, in my opinion. By far. Yep. Let's give her the trophy. Because so many times with the Oscars, we look at our guy like Al Pacino or someone. They miss it. They don't give him the trophy. And they're like, all right, let's just give him a descent of a woman. It's like, really? Couldn't get into him Godfather Part 2? <laughs> How about Dog Day Afternoon, really? That he didn't yeah. do it for you there? But yeah. Son of a Woman does it? Okay. hoo He was brilliant. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then for actor, actor is going to be a really interesting race. Paul Mescal, Irishman, good for him. His first nomination. Actually, I shouldn't even say that. All five first-time nominees for actor. Really? Isn't that cool? Really? Colin Farrell, yeah. No nominees. Uh, are they all under 40 or something like that? I no. Well, not Bre- Brendan Fraser's not. Oh, right. You're right. Bill okay. Nighy. Oh, Bill Nighy's like in the 70s or something. And, and yeah. for those yeah. who don't know him, he's famous for playing Davy Jones in the Pirates movies. And for, um, oh, gosh. Oh, that 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 movie. <laughs> the Christmas movie that is from England that Bill everybody N- hates. Bill Nighy is... It's, <laughs> Everybody hates. But, you know, Love the, Actually. Love Actually, yes. yes. He plays oh, the right. fading rock You're star right. in Love Actually. Yes, and he plays it brilliantly. Yes, I love that movie, but and there's like a whole Billy documentary Mac. about how terrible it is. Oh, what? What? Yes. Uh, no, it's no. There, there's a whole documentary about how awful that movie is. Oh, my gosh. I love that movie. Um, it, this, it's a three-horse race. Uh, I know uh, Stein was saying earlier that he thinks Brendan Fraser is going to win. Well, I, no, no, he's well, he did. You're right. He said he was. He thought he would win, but that he shouldn't win because he cries in a fat suit. Yeah, and he thinks that's <gasps> enough. 
Is that what he said? That's what he said. Jack. Jack Stein. He'll say it again tomorrow from 12 to 3. Come back. Come in and slap him slap upside him the head. I'm telling me. you. Well, <laughs> the movie is a lot of crying, and he is wearing <laughs> a fat suit. I know, but come on. That's awful. <laughs> it, it is. It's fat suit um, shaming. Once, it is. <laughs> it, this is a tough one. I don't think he. I don't think he has a shot because the movie got mostly ignored, mm. and it really? just. It, it, it just. It kind of swung and you and this, okay, so okay. it's kind of a combination. So who's going to take best actor? You think it's going to be Austin Butler, and so? I'm rooting yeah. for Colin Farrell with all my heart. But I think him and Fraser are going to cancel each other out. Do you think that um, Austin Butler getting the Golden Globe, mate? He's, he's nah. been rewarded already. No, uh, I don't think the uh, I think the Oscars look above the Globes, yeah. and they don't okay. really look at that. I think they'll look at SAG and some other things. I think the Globes, no. But when we return. We'll give you the best director. We'll give you best costume. We'll be some other uh, lesser categories and picture of the year. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's Cairo Knights. I'm Spike O'Neill. Frank Summers with us. Lisa Brooks is sitting in to give her film. Uh, uh, we love your opinions. My man, Matt Butler's on the board. You're awful quiet tonight, my friend, and I know why. We'll talk about it later tonight. Matt's having a bit of a moment today. It's Cairo Knights. We'll be right back. Summer from my Northwest. Lisa Brooks is sitting with us. We're talking Oscar-nominated films. And before we get back to our Oscar categories, let's take a moment to talk Razzies. Okay. Okay? Oh, yes. Um, The Razzies, which are kind of tongue-in-cheek, and it's just another mechanism of publicity, but it is really, it's a warning label. It's a Mr. Yuck sticker for movies. Um, Tom Hanks, nominated for two Razzies in both a lead and supporting actor role. Wow. Tom Hanks is a worst actor for Pinocchio. Deserving. Not to be confused with Guillermo del Toro's, excuse me, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, because there's like two Pinocchios this year. There's two Pinocchios this year. There's I didn't one even know very... that there were two. I thought they were all the same thing. There's, right. Well, they... So let's clear that up. There's one that came out in the beginning of this year, directed by Robert Zemeckis, Disney product. We're just going to stuff Tom Hanks stuff as that. Geppetto, and oh. it's just god We're just going to stuff that in Is the Is it closet. like a live action? Yes. yes. I have no idea. The second yeah. one came out during the holidays, and, it's, and, they're, and the Academy is literally calling it Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Yeah. That's all claymation. If you look at any behind the scenes of how he made it, it's inspiring. It's crazy. Um, so they're very different. And we'll just mainly talk about Guillermo's, but for Razzies, we're going to be talking about Tom Hanks' Pinocchio. And, and the Razzies, well, and, and by the way, now there's a great bit of trivia. Both Tom Hanks and Pete Davidson were nominated for Worst Actor and Worst Supporting Actor in the same years. <laughs> I know, right? Pete Davidson, I would expect that for. Tom Hanks, not so much. Um, and they nominated, the Razzies nominated a 12-year-old actress is it uh, Ryan Kira Armstrong mm-hmm. for uh, Firestarter? For Firestarter, a tw- they they went after a twelve-year-old. That's not nice. That is not nice, and they've actually rescinded their <laughs> nomination because they got so much grief. <laughs> to be fair, not a good movie. It's awful. <laughs> but, to be fair, a little mean. Yeah. Let's be nicer. They they did they took care of it. You know, the, the Razzie sometimes get in trouble of of being a little too mean spirited. I think. I think, like you, it's a little more tongue in cheek. Like we see enough patting on the back for Hollywood. It's fun to see someone get a little against him a little bit. Right. And Tom Hanks, probably his, his worst supporting actor nomination was for his Colonel Parker 
in the Elvis movie. Oh, that's interesting. I thought he did a wonderful job of that. I, I, I thought he did a wonderful job. I just didn't see why Colonel Parker was – did he have an accent like that in real life? Was he foreign? I I don't I thought I assumed, which is probably bad, but I assumed it was based on fact. I uh, think I, he was miscast. I I think well, I think he I don't know if I didn't never I never knew Colonel Tom Parker to be a Slavic or whatever nationality that was yeah. Tom Hanks had strapped on for that accent. But it was it was off putting. It was it was so distracting hmm. when and, Tom Hanks spoke like that in Elvis. And you have enough distractions in that movie. The camera's right. going wild. Austin Butler's doing his thing. Well, it was Tom Hanks' movie. I, I I'm surprised you calling that a supporting role because I really believe that was that the was Tom, the major was role of the, the film. Colonel, it was the Colonel Tom Parker film. It and was his story. I think that is that film's downfall. It should way have more focus on Austin Butler and Tom should have been a supporting thing on the side. I also that was also a problem for another Best Picture nominee. We'll get to that later. Okay, um, but yeah, where do you want to go to next? You want to go to Best uh, Best Director? Yeah, we can do Best Director because uh, I'm going to rant at someone. His name is Todd Field. Mm-hmm. Todd Field, I know you're listening to this. <laughs> um, he texts the show all the time. Todd, I'm mad at you. <laughs> he he's made three movies in in two decades. He hasn't made a movie since 2005. It was called Little Children, and this is his first movie in 17 years, called Tar. Right. And I want. I th- he's gonna. I think the the Daniels, and they call them the Daniels because there's two directors for everything, everywhere, all at once. The first names are Daniel. I think they will win the award okay. because that movie is a much more of a balancing act. It's taking superhero I- I- uh, identities and it's taking. Um, best picture drama sentimentality and all these different ideas and putting them in one thing and it's kind of messy and it's kind of magical. I think they will win the Oscar for director for the balancing act. But Todd Field does something in Tar that's just so incredible and there's a grandness to that movie where he'll just – and it's so subtle. He'll just sit the camera down for like three minutes and it won't move but you – Every shot feels like you're in an auditorium. That's why this movie's nominated for uh, cinematography as well, despite not having a very flashy, moving, right. uh, Elvis-style camera. Um, here's something about Todd Field. He's made three movies. How many actors in his films have been nominated for an Oscar? I couldn't tell you. Give me a number for three movies. Uh, maybe f- two. Give me a number, Lisa. Uh, I'm going to say four. And one more for you. Uh, five. Six. In three movies. That's amazing. Uh, he, he made a In the Bedroom, which uh, Tom Wilkinson, Sissy Spacek, and Marissa Tomei were nominated. Wow. He made Little Children, where Jackie Earl Haley and Kate Winslet were nominated. And then he's got Tar. And that's all Kate Blanchett. Wow. So Spielberg won't get any love for The Fablemans, even though it's his life story. Yeah, that's sad if you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did not like The Fablemans. You really? Oh, I was going to see it based on your recommendation. Uh, I came in here a couple weeks ago and I was like, I think after the Globes that they'll give him the award. And it's this whole thing where we're back in the movies and Jim Cameron and Tom Cruise are ruling the box office and Spielberg's ruling the Oscars. And then I actually saw the movie. Oh, wow. And uh, it really put me off on it. There's some great stuff and great scenes and great sequences in that film. But man, does Michelle Williams ruin everything for me. Really? I bought as much stock as I could in 2017 when I saw her in uh, Manchester by the Sea. I thought she was a knockout. I thought she was amazing. Now I got to talk to my broker and selling as much as I can. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what she was doing. Wow. She was such a 
she's a supporting role. It was a mother that had to dominate the film and make it about herself. And I know that was what the character was. Spielberg has a very complicated relationship with his mother. Clearly. clearly. Yeah. There's some weird incestual stuff that happens. I just thought it was an awful performance. I can't wow. get behind it. And for me, it sank the film. Wow. So, so <laughs> the, okay. no, that's okay. So, so the, the, as we said earlier, the Academy likes to spread the wealth around so that everybody can say they were an Oscar nominated right. film. Does like Top Gun, does that get like best visual effect? Those kind of awards, those below the line, you say awards. Is that where they give those, the hardware out to those movies? The avatars? Yeah, I checked, I checked Top Gun and my predictions for best sound. I was okay. kind of bummed that Tar wasn't nominated for best sound. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, it's phenomenal. Those night yeah. scenes, yeah. you know, yeah. and the, the stuff that's echoing and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I would have liked to see a nomination. But yeah, I think, I think Avatar and, and Top Gun, I think All Quiet on the Western Front. Those are uh, films that are going to uh, crush the below-the-line technical awards, just as we saw Dune do. Right. Dune won the most Oscars of the year it was nominated last year. It won like six. It was the most. But it was all special effects, sound, right, cinematography, right. stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, for director, I think uh, the Daniels will win, but I, I really want to see Todd Field win. Okay. okay. Um, how about best animated film? I love that there's an animated film category. Because there were always, I was always, I mean, I raised kids, so I've always been going to, and more. I see more animated movies than real life movies, I think, sometimes. Well, Lisa, give us the pitch for Marcel. Well, I'm a big fan of, of Marcel the Shell with shoes on, which is a stop motion animated film with live action about a one inch tall shell with a googly eye on it and little sneakers. And this thing is, I forget the name of the woman who voices it. It's this sweet character. It started with a bunch of YouTube videos. And at the time, she was married to the guy who they just came up with this concept and started animating this little shell thing. And she started talking in this sweet little voice. And they made a feature film about this little shell searching for its other shell family. Leslie Stahl from 60 Minutes has is in it. Wow. 60 Minutes fe- is featured prominently in the film. <laughs> and it's fabulous. It's, it's, uh, it's wonderful. I, I, I totally love it, and I think you would be charmed by it. But well, I, they're it, going up against Pixar. They're going up against DreamWorks. Right. So they may not have a, a shell's chance in hell. <laughs> so, um, I, I don't think they'll win, but the, it's Guillermo adorable. del Toro's Pinocchio, do you think that has a legitimate shot at animated? Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's the heavy favorite, but what I love about this category, you got one Disney Pixar film that's turning red. Everything else, it's different. Nice. They like that. Sea Beast is on Netflix, Puss in Boots, that's obviously DreamWorks, and you have a couple of independent things as well. Well, we've we've rambled and bambled about uh, Best Picture. What do you think? Of the 10 nominees. I want to say Tar. Really? I'm going to say Tar. Not Here, everything- here's, my, here's my case with wow. the music going. Here's my case for Tar real quick. A lot of these films, everything, everywhere, all at once is the is the competition against right. that and Banshees. I think are the top three. Outside of the movies that are fun popcorn movies, a lot of these films are either about going to an imaginary place like Avatar or going back in time. Right, Fablemans, you go back in time. Uh, Banshees, you go back, back in, in time. time all yeah. these kind of things. All Quiet on the Western Front. Tar is a movie about today, and there's a lot of current issues and conversations that are happening that that film touches on and it touches on it in such an adult and sophisticated way it blew me away right on and i think we need to honor films that also honor the current state we're in as fun as it is to throw an oscar at once upon a time in hollywood because it brings us back to a dream state but tar's like no actually we're going to talk about 
more mature conversations that are happening. I don't want to spoil some of the conversations that are in that film, so I'll leave it at that. Fair enough. But they're very topical things that have happened over the last couple of years. Well, when art can actually do a service to society mm-hmm. and address issues that we're all dealing with, that's a good thing. Frank Semrel, My Northwest. Buddy, nice job. Appreciate your insights. The Academy Awards are March 12th. If you're a fan, enjoy. Uh, my favorite, by the way, my favorite all-time award show bit was when was it Conan O'Brien came out and he had Bob Newhart in a box, a glass box. He said, there are three hours worth of air in this glass box. If we go long, Bob Newhart will die. Uh, that's great. It was uh, one of the greatest bits I've ever seen done in an awards I didn't show. know about that, but I would love to see the Oscars. Let's bump it up. Sunday after the Super Bowl, everyone's trained to watch something on Sunday. Let's just put it on there, and then we're on to new stuff. Why are we dragging it out to March? <laughs> it's 2023 already. we got 2023 movies to talk about. We already did a segment on that. <laughs> it's Cairo Knights, Spike O'Neill, Matt Butler. We'll be right back. Nights. Oh, there you are, buddy. Nice. It is my contention that this is one of the greatest single pop songs ever. Absolutely. The newest, uh, one of the newest members of the Rock Hall of Fame, Todd Rundgren. By the way, the producer of one of the all-time greatest albums ever put out, Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell. He's responsible for the construction of that song. They built that band for that record for Bad Out of Hell. A great love, Todd Rundgren. Listen, this is, you're right, one of the best pop songs ever written. A couple afterthoughts on the Oscar nominations and the Razzie nominations. The texture points out that Anna de Armas, uh, the actress, beautiful uh, Cuban actress, was nominated for an Oscar for her portrayal of Marilyn Monroe in Blonde. And Blonde was also nominated for a Razzie as the worst picture of the year. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of moments like that where films are nominated for best and worst. Uh, Texters also pointed out that Colonel Tom Parker was Dutch. He was of Dutch descent, and he had an accent, just not the one Tom Hanks chose to put on in Elvis. I had no idea that Colonel Tom Parker was Dutch. I had just assumed that Colonel Tom Parker was, you know, Southern, and and I don't mean this in any derogatory sense, but a Simple Southern man like Elvis was himself. That's how he was able to convince the Presleys, Elvis's parents, to trust him with their boy. Oh, yeah, that whole album was one of the greatest pop songs ever. Agreed, Rich. You're right. Great, great tunes. Uh, Let's see what else we got here from the texters. Uh, Did I hear that Paris Hilton is a new mom? Really? Is that... True. It's not going to stop the show, (laughs) but wow. Interesting. Good for her. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Um, Someone says they saw everything everywhere all at once and just didn't feel it. Everyone's giving raves about that, and I haven't seen it yet. I just did not get everything everywhere all at once, says the text from the 206. And that's kind of the way I felt about the Banshees of Inishirin. I went into it, you know, loving this. I love... All things Ireland. I've been to Ireland about a half dozen times. You know, I'm O'Neill. We're Irish. Um, and I went into this movie wanting to love it. And Jack uh, Jack Stein and I did the midday show today. And he did a really nice job explaining to me that it's kind of a metaphor for the Irish 
revolution, the Irish, you know, the, the war for independence in Ireland in the 1918 era. And that's when the movie takes place. And it's a, it's kind of a metaphor about how uh, friends were and families were torn apart because of the strife, the, the struggles, as they call them in Ireland. So I'll give it another shot and I'll, I'll try to see if I can get another run at it and see if I like it. I'm sure, I'm sure in a second viewing, I'll like it just fine. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, let's see what else we got to tackle tonight. There's a lot of things on the plate tonight that we want to talk about. Uh, you know, in Olympia, uh, the state legislature, we had Matt, uh, Matt Markovich on last night to talk a little bit about what's going on in Olympia. And there's so much that the state is attempting to do uh, to make our lives in Washington a little bit better. And one of the problems that we have that's often brought to air on this radio station is the fact that the police sometimes have their hands tied, if you'll pardon the metaphor, they're cuffed uh, by not being able to pursue criminals. Because there is a study that says high-speed pursuits by law enforcement are a danger to the public. And it was proposed this year to overturn that rule that would allow more police officers to pursue criminals in the commission of a crime. And, uh, and, a, and a study was cited saying, nope, the law works, so we're not going to overturn that law. Well, now there's a study, a criminology professor and a Democratic rep from Blaine, Washington, says that the, the data used in that study to show that that law works is, is BS. They're using flawed research, flawed data to keep our cops from chasing bad guys. We'll talk about that a little bit tonight, too. It's Kyra Knights. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. We'll be right back after these.